constant through all the years, Ray. Been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, the watch-out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, and of course you on a cold Saturday morning, March 19th. And joining us again this week is Darren Mesker. Guys, what's happening, yo? Living the dream. Yeah, not too much going on. All right, well said by both of you. <laughs> we add so much to the show. <laughs> to the delight of Bronco fans far and wide, the team has signed quarterback Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Bronco fans feeling real good. Hashtag I haven't Super yet Bowl. checked, but with the news, I'm certain that Las Vegas oddmakers immediately installed the Broncos as heavy favorites to defend their Super Bowl title next season. Our situation has not improved. Sanchez gets so much hate, man. How disappointed would fans be to know that for a fleeting moment, perhaps they could have convinced their one-time quarterback, the beloved Jake Plummer, to come out of retirement and return to the team. Plummer hasn't played since 2006, but he told Sirius XM's NFL radio that, I'm not thinking about it, but the thought crossed my mind because my body feels great. I'm not thinking about it, but the thought crossed my mind. Jake, seriously? <laughs> Are you high? Well, he says among the reasons he feels so good is due to a product called CBT, cannabidiol. Plummer is quoted as saying that, I owe a lot of that to CBD and what it's done for me. What is CBD, you ask? It's got to be a cannabis what product, What is right? CBD? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> cannabidiol is a cannabis compound with significant medical benefits. Wait, you're telling me a, a guy with cannabis in his system is telling me he feels good? The product, however, is said to not leave people feeling stoned and, in fact, may actually counteract that mind-altering effects of marijuana usage. Without the high, CBD is said to be a possible option for patients suffering with you know, anything from inflammation, pain, anxiety, other difficulties without the nasty, dazed and confused conditions or the munchy side effects that so often come with it. Plummer says when you mention CBD, People immediately assume you're talking marijuana and getting high and smoking weed. I can honestly say that wasn't the case for me. It wasn't his mentioning CBD. For me, when I heard the idea to return to the NFL had actually crossed Plummer's mind, that's when I assumed he was getting <laughs> high and smoking weed. Does CBD make you a better quarterback? Because that's a concern as well with him. Jeremy Lin of the Charlotte Hornets is shooting a little over 40% and is shooting about 32% from beyond the three-point line, which are the lowest numbers since he first started his NBA career. So he's calling on prayer warriors for help. Lynn has a digital prayer group of fans and friends that he sends this email out. 
And he said, please pray for me, as recently I have been frustrated with my jump shot and overall performance. Goes on to share a few other thoughts before closing his note by saying, Prayer for the right mindset, great muscle memory, and a pure heart that shoots slash plays solely for God's approval would be greatly appreciated. This isn't new, as Lynn has emailed this a number of times in seeking prayer support from his group. I think this is actually the 16th email that he sent out. Lynn introduced his group last year, and sending an email with prayer requests to fans every couple of months, he said he decided to start this prayer group after some people, I guess, had asked him how they could intercede on his behalf. And I'm not familiar. I can't think of another athlete who has solicited prayers in this manner. I can't think of anybody that was so open about it. I I think it's great that Lynn allows his supporters to share in the blessings of intercessory, intercessory prayer. God is pleased when we pray for one another. I think that's actually pretty cool. I expected I think it's some great. kind of a punchline, but it's actually a no, good no, story. No, no, no. I'm de- being serious. I think it's great. He's he's sending this email out to his fans and his friends. Pray for me. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. We have the opportunity to make intercession for another through prayer, just as Jesus makes intercession for us. So I think... I think it's a great thing that Jeremy Lin's doing, and I hope I hope mm-hmm. it works. We all know prayer works. All right, now I know it's not PC to ridicule women's sports. It's not appropriate. I do it all the time. I know what you're talking about. But I figure I can say most anything and still not be as offensive as when Darren said a woman's place is in the kitchen making <laughs> him a sandwich. The ladies are gonna love you. He may never admit it, but I know his wife is still making him pay for that remark. <laughs> I'm glad, though, that women get to play. They should. Have a good time. Play the game. But let's be real. Other than your moms and maybe the guy trying to win a date, nobody cares. Nobody cares. (laughs) Enjoy yourselves, but don't whine about not getting the same attention as the men. Other than a few select sports, women's sports is unwatchable. Preach. It's not a spectator sport. I mean, watching the WNBA and some of their wicked layups... (laughs) is a good example. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, it's just not the same thing. I don't mean to be cruel. They they have to be careful, broadcasters, when televising a woman's sporting event, because if they pan the crowd too high, all you see is rows of empty <laughs> chairs. <laughs> Are you reading one of my old rants right now? But the women do follow the men and have their own NCAA basketball tournament, which I, I guess that's cute, right? That's one word for it. Should it just be called the Yukon Tournament? <laughs> yeah, they probably they should. Anyway. Speaking of Yukon, Sue Bird wrote a piece for the Players Tribune recently. Who is Sue Bird? She's maybe one of the very best women's basketball players of all time. Played for Yukon, has enjoyed a lengthy career with the Seattle Storm, but that's what I mean. One of the best players in the women's game, and you have no idea who she is. Anyway, she wrote an article for the Players Tribune about the disparity in the analytical data between the genders. She writes that the disparity between NBA data and WNBA data is glaring. Data for the WNBA is relegated to basic information, points, rebounds, steals, assists, turnovers, blocks. While worthy of being noted, those are the most rudimentary numbers in in our game. But there was one good source. One good source that the women had for more advanced statistics on the WNBA. The site was called WBBstate.com, part of a larger company called National Statistics. That's what they do. They do statistics. But now to add insult to injury, 
the site has disappeared for the last few weeks. And even the last time I checked, I checked before we started recording, the site only provides a notice apologizing for the outage. How telling is that, that the entire sports metrics base can disappear just like that, especially just prior to the most important, arguably the most important event in women's basketball, the NCAA tournament, all their statistics just disappeared. Here's the deal. Nobody follows men's horseshoes, right? Nobody follows men's curling either. It's not because of gender. It's because they don't enjoy the game. doesn't capture people's interest. Sorry, men's curling people. Don't bother complaining about it. It's just, it's just the way it is. I love hockey. It's never going to be followed like the NFL. You may like women's sports, but it's never going to be followed like the men. There are a few exceptions. Women's tennis is popular. Women's figure skating is popular. Women's gymnastics is popular during the Olympics. People can pretend to be above the whole sexuality aspect of it, but what do they all have in common? The participants in these sports, they all wear revealing and form-fitting outfits. Like it or not, that has something to do with the success of these sports as compared to others. Isn't that more of an outrage than your statistics aren't getting as closely followed or monitored as men's? I mean, come on, that should be more of an insult than not keeping the track of the shooting percentage of WNBA shots taken from further than 15 feet. That should be the bigger deal. Sometimes it is just the way it is. You don't have to like it, but don't make it somebody else's problem because they're they're having success and you're not. Check out our website, btgprogram.com. Learn more about the show. Find archives of past interviews, segments, broadcasts, and even how you can support the show by purchasing a BTG t-shirt, coffee mug, or becoming a financial contributor. Give it a look, btgprogram.com. As we often remind you, we'd love to have you follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. We're going to roll guest-free today on Beyond the Game. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to talk about Major League umpire Angel Hernandez. He threw a pitcher out of the game during spring training. I'll share my thoughts on that coming up a little later. Zach has what I'm sure is fabulous selection of topics for shenanigans. Going to share with you something that frosts my fanny as well as tell you what was the most awesome thing I saw this week. Darren's got his unreasonable rant. We'll, of course, share our pests of the week. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. 
flow, and this is my impression of a geographically challenged rock band delivering a commencement speech. Hello, graduates! Here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland! I mean, Kansas City! Uh, New York? Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats! No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both scripture and real life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. BTGprogram.com. The tournament is off and running. I think my bracket was blown up about five minutes into the... (laughs) Man, I'm telling you, last year, I believe I was the champion of our little group, wasn't I? You were. This year, I'm holding last place pretty solidly. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're very far in the basement. My daughter's in our pool. We got a bunch of different people in our pool, mm-hmm. and I hope it comes down to the tiebreaker <laughs> that some of us are tied for the national championship. It comes down to determining points scored because... <laughs> The number is so great. Doesn't she she have like a really, really low number for the total points? (laughs) Which is, Darren? 17. 17. She she picked the combined score of the national championship game to be 17. That's worse than Mandy picking my wife, picking Arizona to win the national championship. That seems a little conservative. have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You are useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. According to ESPN's Darren Ravel, there were 11.5 million brackets on ESPN.com last year. How many do you think got the first 32 games right? Out of 11.5 million, how many do you think got the first 32? 17. Three. One. Oh, Only one person Got the first 32 games right out of 11.5 million. That person, according to Darren Ravel, did not watch a single game all year. Which means my chances have got to be pretty good, right? (laughs) How many brackets do you guys have? I have several this year. I just have the one in our league, actually. I do one bracket every year. But there is that guy, Sir Multi-Bracket Guy. Now, I understand, Darren, if I have to guess, you probably got a couple of bucks on every bracket that I do. You're, you're in yeah. different pools, mm-hmm. so you picked a different champion. Figuring, you know, if each one costs costs you a couple of bucks to get in, 
you win a hundred bucks, you're going to cover the cost of all of them. So you picked all these different and that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. But there are people that just submit brackets, and in each one they pick a different champion, so that they can say when all is said and done that they picked the champion. Well, if you th- there's 68 teams that compete for this thing, so if you pick 68 different brackets, you could feasibly pick the champion, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That drives me nuts. Why you can't brag about picking the champion then? Go with one bracket. And there's a ton of people. Well, I got this one for work. I got this one for with my friends. I got this one online. I got this one with Warren Buffett. I got this one here. <laughs> Just pick one or put them, make them the same in every one. You can't count that if you say, Oh, I picked the champion and I, you know, you'd pick seven other champions as well. You can't count it. You're disqualified. Yeah. Believe it or not, I actually did pick the same champion in every bracket this year. I picked Oregon. All right, well, that legitimizes it some, but again, you're doing a different thing. You're trying to make a couple of bucks on it, and Mm. you're you're gambling like you're going to lose your house. (laughs) See, I think in that scenario, you have to diversify and pick a few different champions to increase your odds, right? Wouldn't that make sense? That would make sense, but we're talking about Darren. So I, I just <laughs> I, have faith I went along Oregon. with what he said. Faith in Oregon this year. I have some different Final Fours, though. Not all my, my Final Fours aren't the same, but my champion is. The first four games, we mentioned it a little bit. You said you could, play, you could pick 68 teams. There's really Is that the official start to the tournament? Yeah, they're the first four games, they call it, which is just it's ridiculous to me. I hate them. Because there was a debate. When did it start? Monday night? Mm-hmm. Was that the first game? I think it was Monday or Tuesday. And or whatever game it start, whatever night it started, there was a lot of debate. Are, is this the start of the tournament? Mm-hmm. I think officially, technically, the NCAA says, "Yeah, that's the start of the tournament." All these teams are in. Sixty-eight teams get in. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't recognize those four games. Well, you don't even pick them in your brackets, though. Well, that's a great point. You don't pick them, but to me, they're playing games. You get you play these games for a chance to get into the tournament. Because mm-hmm. first of all, none of those eight teams really deserve no to be it no now you gotta you have holy cross in the tournament now they have a losing record on the year they don't deserve to be there but so many people will will say as does the ncaa that those those are official tournament games i i i, like I guess you, my perspective doesn't align with that no, but like you the whole conference tournament automatic the 32 automatic bids those even bother me because you get hot at the right time Holy Cross with a 15 and 19 record. You get hot at the right time and you get yourself into a tournament that you have no reason to be in. Oh, agreed. It would make so much more sense to me to have the regular season champion. Yeah. That is, that's who ought to go in automatically. Mm-hmm. A team that gets hot over a one week period or over a, an extended weekend wins their conference championship tournament. You're going to take the automatic bid while another team sits home, the team that yeah. really should, the better team sits home. That bothers me. Now, that expands beyond that because maybe that team does get to go, the one that won the regular season champion, but because they have to take an at-large bid, you're taking a spot from somebody else mm-hmm. that really does belong there. Maybe that's what happened in the case of St. Bonaventure, although they were. <laughs> well, the tournament committee, though, when, when Bonaventure lost the first game of the NIT. They looked like they knew what they were doing. NCAA committee's like, see, yo, told you, see? (laughs) And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. I don't believe what I just saw. Yes, that's awesome. Now, you all remember the movie Back to the Future? 
course. In, in the future, Marty McFly has his awesome pair of sneakers that lace themselves up. Well, this past week, Nike unveiled what they refer to as power lacing sneakers, which should be available in retail by the end of the year. Sneakers called the Hyper Adapt 1.0. I saw these. They look awesome. When you put your foot inside, your heel hits a sensor, and the laces automatically begin to tighten. The sensors determine the proper amount of pressure. Of course, you're able to adjust it. You know, you can adjust the tension manually. But these but things, why would you? Well, that's just it. The shoe lights up, has a futuristic sound as they, as they lace up. Nike gave a number of applications where an athlete might want to use a shoe, but none of them made sense to me. As you just said, I, I imagine they're just flat out entertaining just to put the shoe on. I'm just going to put my foot in it, take it back out, put it in, take it out, put it in, <laughs> just to watch the thing lace up. How awesome is that? That is awesome. You know what isn't awesome, though? The estimated price tag on these bad boys. I did not see that. What were they yeah. estimating that? I saw them like in the couple hundreds, even higher. Yeah, that, some of them. That's ridiculous. I'm not paying that but that's for shoes. What many people do. Yeah, that's true. Shoes Jordans, are, Jordans get very expensive. They get very expensive. But these, I mean... What if something malfunctioned? They get it just, stuck on your foot? Yeah, it just wraps <laughs> around your foot. And you can't get the, the tension to adjust manually, and all of a sudden you got to go to the hospital with this thing wrapped around your ankle. Pretty... I want to know how long until there's, like, Jordan hyper-adapt and LeBron hyper-adapt and you know, Steph probably, Curry hyper-adapt. Probably not long. Yeah, you'd think you'd want to put your name yeah. on something like that. Get self-lacing Jordans. I have like, no idea if there's an actual good purpose for these things. They're awesome, Just though. to be great. But to watch it on the video, and you can look it up for yourself, HyperAdapt 1.0 in your favorite search engine, and see the video. It looked pretty cool. Coming up after the break, we're going to play Shenanigans. Zach has a bunch of topics lined up, ready to go. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? G&T Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. G&T's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for G&T Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well... Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. 
Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. I have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude, wow. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. We're all queued up for shenanigans, so Zach, take it away. I feel like this is an especially good week to do shenanigans since it's St. Patrick's. Ah, I see what you did there. uh, Zinger. All right, according to a recent report, some NHL GMs are pushing for changes to the draft lottery system. These changes would make it impossible for the same team to win the draft lottery in back-to-back years and perhaps even for three to four years after picking first overall. Truth or shenanigans? The NHL draft lottery needs to be updated. I say shenanigans. I don't think there's a perfect system out there because any perfect system would be dependent on the integrity of man. Man is sinful, as we all know, and there's always going to be those who look for ways to circumvent the system for their own benefit, especially when there's a large amount of money on the line. Some teams may try to lose intentionally to gain a higher draft pick. We know that. But taking away the possibility of that pick from a team who's legitimately struggling for several years in a row just seems unfair to me. You'd be further handicapping that team from improving. I say shenanigans as well. There's a certain art form to tanking. I mean, the Sabres have been doing it Uh, in basketball. The Sixers and the Knicks have been doing it. And you deserve a good pick. That's why they have the lottery. It's to help struggling teams. And if you commit to tanking, then great, you get a better pick. I agree 100%, actually. I hate draft lotteries. I hate the principle in general. It doesn't discourage tanking. Teams still tank. I mean, that's what it's for, right? So what's the point? The worst team should draft first and the best team should draft last. Period. End of story. MLB Spring Training is too long. It should be shortened by one to two weeks to allow a three-game wildcard playoff series after the season instead of the one game. What do you guys think? Shenanigans. Uh, I, I understand that fans want the season to get going, but spring training is, is, is very important for pitchers. I like the way it is now. Um, I really don't think you can change it. Maybe shorten the actual season if you want the three-game playoff, but don't mess with spring training. I agree again. Uh, players hate the length of spring training. Fans hate seeing the one-game playoff when their team's out after one game. So I think it would be a win-win if you shorten spring training to make the players happy and make a three-game wildcard series to keep the fans happy. I think the way you made this statement kind of lends itself to both ways. I'm going to say I agree that it should be shortened. But to Darren's point, those people in Florida and those people in Arizona sure enjoy those games, and this Mm -hmm. means a lot to the, the revenue of those towns. But I I agree. It's too long for fans. It's too long for established players. We're all ready for real baseball. By this time, we've lost interest in what's happening in Florida or Arizona. 
However, that kid's still trying to make a team, showcase perhaps for another team. They want those opportunities to show what they can do before the season starts. I do think that the wild card should be more than one game, but here's the problem with shortening spring training. You can't be starting the regular season in the middle of March, especially here in the North. For me, you can start later, shorten both the preseason and the regular season, and then expand the playoffs. With Aroldis Chapman's suspension announced and the NFL mock draft season approaching, an issue that's been in the news recently is teams who use off-field issues to get a talented player at a lower cost. The Yankees, for example, got Chapman extremely cheap because his looming suspension scared teams away. And every year, players are drafted several rounds later than what their true talent is in the NFL because of drug tests or domestic violence charges, etc. Truth or shenanigans, teams using off-field issues to add cheap talent is acceptable. What do you say, Zach? I agree, and it makes me feel dirty to say this, but I think it is acceptable. Um, It's a good business practice if it helps you save money or prospects or whatever. So while it is kind of disgusting, I do think it's okay. I agree. Also, I don't think you need to feel dirty about it. Each situation is unique. Uh, Everything's different. But overall, I'm a believer in second chances. I suppose much is dependent on the severity of the issue. But oftentimes, such a player gets a second chance with a, a, a different contract than he would have gotten. And it's often incentive based. So to some degree, when a player has an off the field issue, it results in a consequence to that player anyway. So He's kind of bringing it upon himself. I think it's completely fine. Like Zach said, it's a business. You have to be smart in running your business. So it's completely fine to me. You know what the key here is? You've got to have a fall guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If Mark Sanchez really is the Broncos' starting quarterback when the season starts, they'll still be just fine since Peyton Manning wasn't much better. You know, when you put it that way, I guess I agree. I doubt the Broncos are done. They missed out on Jake Plummer, as we talked about earlier. <laughs> and they might be content going into the season with Sanchez, but if they did, I think, boy, they'd still be competitive. You know, that's a good defense. They got a lot of tools there, especially since they were able to retain C.J. Anderson. Just just do enough not to cost them a game. No more butt fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans, because Benson just said do enough to not cost them the game. I don't think Mark Sanchez can do that. It's <laughs> is, Mark Sanchez, that. man. So shenanigans, they need a quarterback. Sanchez isn't the answer. I call shenanigans as well. Uh, I think if the quarterback change was the only major difference, they would be the favorites again. But it's not. They got raided in free agency. They've got, they lost impact players all over the roster, including on that defense. So they're a weaker team all around. At this point, I don't even know if they're better than the Raiders. It's stupid that pie day doesn't include any actual pie. I agree. Um, I realize pie day has to do with math, but I would like pie day to be actually about pie. So, yes, it's stupid. If you're choosing between math or actual pie for a holiday, how do you choose math? First of all, who did that? It, it's, of course it's stupid. It should There should be a holiday for pie somewhere. There has to be. I agree that it's, you know, it's stupid that it doesn't include pie. But you should know for that for me. It does include pie, just like many other days. <laughs> Is it the key just to make it include pie? You guys just aren't doing it right if it doesn't have pie. That sounds good. The NCAA selection committee intentionally leaves a few teams out who belong and put in a few who don't just to create conversation and debate around water coolers and on sports talk shows because it keeps people talking about the tournament and creates more buzz. I agree. 
I think absolutely yes. Just look at some of the possible matchups they set up, setting up contests like Texas and Texas A&M, Kentucky and Indiana, and they give Stony Brook the first ever tournament appearance for Stony Brook. They give him Kentucky, who's got the most ever with 55. (laughs) Yes, I think it's all very intentional. I guess in some way it makes sense to get people talking about it, even though I don't agree with it. And I wouldn't do it that way because you hate to see somebody get robbed, but I think they do do it, and I think there is a reason they do it. I say shenanigans. I just think they don't actually watch the games. After what the the selection committee polled this year, it is a travesty what they did, and I just I don't think they they're in touch with what's really going on. You don't need to create more buzz for March Madness. It already has its own month. Everyone loves it. I just think they don't know what they're doing. I, I agree. I think they do. In fact, I would be shocked if we find out that they didn't do this. Uh, because it's great for publicity, which is great for business. I think it's just kind of to be expected. You've got to make some controversial choices to make people talk about it. That's what Skip Bayless makes a living doing. Yeah. Saying ridiculous things to get people talking and to get a response. And, and the committee's doing the same thing. In many ways, it frosts my fanny. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. Could somebody please tell me, for crying out loud, why they feel the need to put a sticker on every piece of vegetable in the produce section? (laughs) (laughs) I hate stickers. I hate snakes, Chuck! I hate adhesive. It's gross. You mean to tell me that the cashier doesn't know I'm buying a green pepper if I get up there and it doesn't have a sticker on it? I'm cutting up a pepper the other morning. I'm making an omelet. I forgot about the fact they put a stupid sticker on it. It's on the underside as I place my pepper on the cutting (laughs) board. And after a few minutes of ninja slicing in my kitchen, I'm left with a mixture of fresh cut green peppers and tiny little pieces of a sticker. (laughs) Just stop it with the stickers already. And as long as we're on it, to you, sir, voting booth volunteer, don't harass me with your silly I voted today sticker. On other days, what do you do? Do you just wander up and down the streets putting stickers on people? Mm -hmm. Of course not. So why in the world do you think I want you to put your grossness all over (laughs) me? Just leave me alone and leave my vegetables alone, too. We get it. It's a pepper. You don't have to put a <laughs> sticker on it to identify it. You really hate stickers. I do. What, what do you think about the stickers on, like, products that you them. buy? They leave the residue there? I hate oh, that. that drives That's me disgusting. nuts. disgusting. It does drive me nuts. Uh, Band-Aids are the grossest thing ever. <laughs> I that bought, is true. I bought, a, uh, I bought a popcorn maker, and there's still residue from the stupid sticker that I pulled off of there. Can't Take it back to it. the store. Get rid of it. <laughs> Throw it away. Just get it out of the house. It's got <laughs> adhesive on it. You guys heard a, of Goo Gone? Have you not heard it of this? It doesn't work. It should, you shouldn't need Gugan. <laughs> you shouldn't have the sticker in the first place. <laughs> all right. That is true. I can tell you where it all started for me. I was swimming. I'm, I'm probably eight years old, nine years old. I remember it because it was horrifying. It was years ago. This is one of those instances that scarred my life. <laughs> I'm in the Kerhonkson swimming pool. It was the town I grew up in, and they had this public pool at the elementary school. And I'm swimming around in there, and just like in the movie Caddyshack, 
you know, where they come up and the, and the, and the baby Ruth is floating. <laughs> it was the same thing, except this was a bandit. I mean, I was oh. so oh, grossed gross. out. Oh, no. And from that, from that moment on, I want no part of band-aids. I want no part of your stupid stickers. My kids growing up, they didn't have stickers. They didn't, they weren't putting them all over their doors and in their room <laughs> and stuff like that. Darren, it's been a while. I'm sure you've had an opportunity to scour social media, so why don't you give us some of the good and the bad and the ugly? As we saw this weekend, Yale upset Purdue, and it was their first, according to the screen grab that someone posted on Twitter, it was their first tournament win in school history. They were 0-4 in three previous tournaments. (laughs) Somehow Yale managed to lose four times in three years. Somehow Pi... Day didn't work out for these mathematicians. <laughs> With St. Patty's Day having just passed, I thought this one was appropriate, kind of funny. Pubs, the official sunblock of Ireland. <laughs> well, something's got to protect those pasty people, so. And lastly, it's a screen grab of uh, of a newspaper, and it says China may be using sea to hide its submarines. Oh my! I never would have thought to look there. Imagine that. (laughs) You're listening to Beyond the Game at BTG Program or BTGProgram.com. Coming up the other side of the break, I want to share my thoughts on Angel Hernandez throwing out a Mets pitcher during a spring training game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. 
Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? G&T Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. G&T's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for G&T Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. As I was working in the studio one day earlier this week, or maybe it was over the weekend, I had a spring training baseball game on the television. It's a Mets-Cardinals game. That was the only game on, and I saw something I've never seen before, at least not in a spring training game. I'm sure it's happened, but I've never seen it in a spring training game. In the sixth inning, Mets pitcher Stolmy Pimentel was ejected by home plate umpire Angel Hernandez after he hit his second batter of the inning. And to be fair, before I take issue with Hernandez, it was shortly after a long home run by the Cardinals. There was already a runner on. Pimentel hit the first guy he hit. Then the very next pitch, Cardinals' Randy, Randall Greicher drills it for a three-run home run. That's when Pimentel then hit another Cardinals batter, and he's promptly ejected from the game with no warning at all. Now, if this is a regular season game, I, I probably don't have an issue. I'd like to see a warning issued before a guy gets tossed, but if it doesn't in that particular situation, I get it. But this is spring training. Some pitchers are still looking to get their command, and even in midseason, there's those times where a guy just doesn't have it. This certainly seemed to be one of those times for Pimentel. He threw an, a third of an inning, three hits, four earned runs, Gave up two home runs, hit two batters. Obviously, command was an issue. If the pitch was high and tight, if it had been high and tight, that might even be another matter. But he hit Jonathan Rodriguez square in the back. This is the first ejection of Pimentel's career, although he has been worn twice. Guy's never been thrown at. So I can't say this is a guy that's got an issue with this. Maybe you want to debate that he's been worn twice. But my issue is that time and time again, it seems like Angel Hernandez finds himself involved in the game. That is, is more than just calling balls and strikes safer out. Every baseball fan knows that if an umpire has done his job well, you didn't even notice him. 
the game just sort of flowed. But intentional or otherwise, Angel Hernandez is too often disrupting that flow of a game, placing himself right in the middle of the competition. You almost get the idea that Hernandez just isn't satisfied being a completely anonymous part of the game. Now, obviously, I have no idea if that's how he really feels, and even if it was, he's never going to admit that. But how many seemingly nonsensible calls does a guy make before you get tired of his acting? You just want to see the ball game. I want to see the game. I'm not here to see the umpire. I want to see the baseball game. Get out of the way. There was one time, one time he ejects a singer, a singer at Wrigley Field. You know how the Cubs do this thing. They invite a celebrity to come in to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning stretch. And on this occasion, it happened to be Steve McMichael, who used to play for the Chicago Bears. And once he got the mic, he was mocking Hernandez's umpire, and he, he was tossed. He tossed a singer? What? Where does a singer even go? Security didn't throw him out. The umpire threw him out. Players go to the locker room. They go to the showers. Where does a singer go? He was also the umpire who threw a coach's hat into the stands. Dodgers' Mariano Duncan was, he came out to argue a call, or maybe he was a first base coach at the time, arguing a call, throws his hat on the ground, walks away. Hernandez picks it up and tosses it into the crowd to a fan. I'm not defending Mariano Duncan. I mean, I, that's not my point here, but how far will you go out of your way to get attention? Just leave the hat there. The bat boy will come out and get it. But to me, Angel Hernandez just seems to have this need to be seen. Maybe even, you know, he's not gonna, he's gotta come out on top. He's gonna prove he's in charge. He's, he's consistently given poor marks, but when graded by the players, and maybe he just rubs them wrong. I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not taking issue with the way he calls the game. You threw a guy out of a spring training game without even a warning. Now, an inning or two later, a Cardinals pitcher hit a Mets batter, but nothing. I guess I always falsely assumed that after a pitcher was thrown out of a ball game, both teams knew that any subsequent hit batsman was going to result in their guy getting run and sent to the showers. Obviously, I was wrong. Understand, I, really, I am really not complaining about Hernandez's ability to call balls and strikes or safe and out. Even if I thought he didn't do a good job calling the game itself, I wouldn't complain about it. The human element of officiating sports is part of the game. Some are going to go your way, some won't. It's a rare day, a really rare day, when an umpire at any level at all actually makes a call with a deliberate bias against one team or the other. It it doesn't happen all that often. Complaining about it just makes you sound like a sore loser. Now, I think you can wonder, you can question how an official perhaps interpreted a rule, how they manage maybe the nuances of the game. Not the balls and strikes, but the judgment things. Maybe a hard slide, maybe a loud fan, a coach or a player consistently. You know how they, a little sigh or something? When I umpired, I would hear people, you know, almost every pitch. Oh, oh, I just ignored it. Yeah, I heard them. But unless they actually directed their comments to me or perhaps were inciting others to question the call, I left well enough alone. Officiating is a tough job. It is a tough job. And like many people at the youth level, I was volunteering. You know how hard it is to get people to volunteer to take garbage from parents who think their kid's going to be the next Mike Trout? 
The same kid who won't stop eating dirt or scratching himself when he's out in the field? It's tough. You really need to pick your battles. But some officials want to antagonize a player just because they glanced at him. We all have a different idea of where that line is, of what's acceptable and what's not. Some people just tend to make mountains out of molehills. We all have a tendency from time to time to overreact. But when we make a habit of it, we can develop a reputation and we start turning people off. And oftentimes what really frosts our fanny is that people aren't doing things the way we think they should be doing them. We're not allowing room for the reality that there are different ways to do things. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I bet you can think of something that drives you absolutely crazy about the way someone else does something. Although what they're doing isn't necessarily wrong, it's just irritating. Like most every time Darren speaks. I don't mind telling you I'm the best backer-inner there is. I'm good at it. But there are people who can't park going forward, let alone backing in. But I see this one particular vehicle I'm thinking of consistently straddling the line. Drives me crazy. What really gets me is that the vehicle is as big as a house. They're taking up two spots, and it's always right in the front. Right in the front of the parking lot. Park further away if you can't park. Park further away if you think you're so special that you need two spots. Of course, I want to leave a note on the car because, you know, I think they should know how I feel. But I don't. What good will it do? And really, is it that big a deal? I mean, while I think they should only take up one space, I suppose it's not a rule, is it? Maybe there's a good reason for it that I'm not aware of. I don't know. My point is this. If I make a big deal of it, where's my love? Where is my grace? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 16 and 17, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Now, there's a problem for most of us. Never be wise in your own sight. Verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. In the next verses, it says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. In verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Look, this guy parks like a child still learning to drive. Clearly, he's not as skilled, he's not as wonderful, he's not as good-looking as I am. But the reality is that it's not really hurting anything, and I need to find contentment in leaving it with God. If God feels it's worthy to avenge such foolishness, then that's up to him. But I will not be a good example of Christian brotherhood and the forgiveness of Christ to create division because of a lousy park job. I'm sure that's at least part of the reason that James wrote in James 1.19, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We all benefit when our mind and our emotions are under the control of the Spirit of God, when we submit our wills to the will of God and prioritize His desires over those of our own. Then we display His love. Then we display His mercy and His grace for all to see. That is what makes the gospel of Jesus so appealing to those who are lost in their sins. That's what's going to draw them to the cross, not my overreacting to silly things that don't really matter in the whole scheme of things. Angel Hernandez has a reputation for overreacting. He has a reputation for responding poorly. And many people may never know 
the real person he is. He may be one of the most wonderful people alive, but because of his reputation, some may never know that. Some may never want to know that. As Christians, let not, let's not have that said about us. Let's not have that said about the Lord's church and the Lord's people. Before we make a big deal about something, let's stop to think if it really matters. Is this a big deal? Grace, love, mercy, these things will always be favored over anger and hate. Principle to think about from the Word of God. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game. Are you looking for a fun place to play softball in a family-friendly environment? G&T Men's Softball is registering for its 2016 season at the Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. G&T's Slow Pitch League plays on Monday nights beginning in May and continuing through July. The discounted early registration rate is $60 now through March 15th, which includes a team jersey. The rate jumps, though, after March 15th, so don't delay. Register for G&T Men's Softball today. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. Can someone please tell me what the NCAA is up to? It's time we revolt against this tyrannical regime and start over. It's just a bunch of old, rich dudes whose prime years have been gone for decades. It can't be that hard to overthrow them. Let's do this. They started the week by not allowing Lee McCoy, an amateur golfer who's currently enrolled at the University of Georgia, to collect any money from his fourth-place finish at the Valespar Championship. He would have left with nearly three hundred grand, but instead he leaves with some gas money and the three hundred and fifty bucks he came to the tournament with. The NCAA is okay cashing in on college kids' athletic talent, but not okay allowing these kids to cash in themselves. And don't give me the whole, well, they're getting a free college degree garbage. I have a bachelor's degree. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. Then later in the week, these pompous crooks decided that Syracuse would be a 10 seed in the tourney, while Monmouth and Bonaventure would be snubbed. I'm a Cuse fan, and this bothers me. It's like they didn't watch any games this year and just decided based on the name of the school as opposed to what they did on the actual court. So I say it again. It's time to overthrow the NCAA. They've gone the way of many old things and people. They've lost touch with reality, and they're no longer useful to society. It's time we take away their metaphorical driver's license and put them in a home. It's for their own good. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. Darren, why don't we start with you? What's your pest of the week? All right, St. Paddy's Day was a couple days ago, and with it comes the greatest Americanization of a foreign holiday ever, something I look forward to every year, and that's the overconsumption of shamrock shakes. They're delicious, and I consume them at an alarming rate. Now, 
Let's remember that they're called Shamrock Shakes. They're a green milkshake. I know they're bad for me. I, I know that purchasing a small would be better than the large ones I get. I know how much sugar is in them. I don't need you, Facebook and Twitter friends, posting some mommy blog about how bad they are for me with a healthy alternative. I don't want a healthy alternative. I want the sugar-filled goodness of this delicious treat, not some kale, avocado, broccoli, mint tea leaf abomination. If I want that stuff, I'll eat a salad. My pest of the week is shamrock shamers. Let me ask you, is that size, is that a large? Yeah, that's, that's a large. It looks like an extra large. It's a pretty big shake right Oh, there. it is big, and it makes me sick to my stomach every time, but I keep buying them. My takeaway from that is that Darren reads mommy blogs. Uh, <laughs> my test of the week is Pavel Ilich Kuzik of Portland, Oregon. Police in Portland set up a sting and captured him with outstanding warrants driving a stolen car. The crime he was wanted for was not murder or terrorism or anything like that. No, it was stealing expensive Lego sets and reselling them online. Lego Thief is my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Arnold Damaski. Damaski is the snowmobiler who crashed into two teams of sled dogs earlier this week during the Iditarod race in Alaska. Damaski said he was blackout drunk. When he crashed his snowmobile into frontrunners Jeff King, who, by the way, is a four-time winner, and Ali Zirkel, killing one of King's dogs and injuring two others, and an additional dog in Zirkel's team was also injured. Damaski has since apologized and said, I don't know how I can possibly make it right. I hope they can forgive me. I didn't mean it. I hope you'll forgive me, Mr. Damaski, but yes, you did. You were very intentional about your alcohol consumption. And driving a vehicle was just an unnecessary side effect of your foolishness. Both mushers, though, have continued the race. Arnold Damaski is my pest of the week. And for those keeping track, Dallas Seavey won the event, capturing his fourth Iditarod. But it's not four in a row because it was broken up. The streak was broken up by his dad in 2013. Huh. So if it wasn't for his dad winning a race, he would have run four in a row. He and his dad for the second straight year have finished first and second. As for King and Zirkel, who got run over by the snowmobiler, Zirkel finished third and King in ninth. And another thing you probably didn't know is that Brockport, New York native Noah Pereira finished 55th out of the 72 racers. Well, actually another 13 or 14 or so had dropped out of the race. So good job by Pereira running his very first Iditarod. He has run the junior Iditarod once or twice in the past. This is my wife's big deal. She loves this race. She's a big follower. She's friends with Noah's mom and big supporter of Team Pereira. She's got her T-shirt on, and it's just kind of cool that a local guy is running in this race. In fact, you may not know that Noah is the first non-Alaskan musher to win the junior I did a rod. Go Team Pereira. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com or give them a call 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, for Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be right back here next week at this very same time.